Support for this podcast and the following message come from Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey. Jack Daniels is the oldest, mellowest, whiskiest whiskey, and every drop is made in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Jack Daniels, turning nights into stories since 1866. Please drink responsibly. Fall movies are about to heat up and Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR has you covered. We'll tell you whether some of the big films on the way are as good as you're hoping they are, and we'll help build a list of gems you can uncover for yourself. Start your Oscars prep early with Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Listen and subscribe now. Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Stephen Thompson. Hello, Robin. It's New Music Friday, and we're looking at the best albums out on September 27th, starting with In the Morse Code of Brake Lights from The New Pornographers. Oh, what? I'm sorry. Not catchy enough? Let's try this. (laughs) This is the new Pornographers. Their album is In the Morse Code of Brake Lights. The song is The Surprise Knock. Man, is there there a band on the planet that can hit you right out of the gate just as perfectly as this band does? Eight albums into a career spanning almost 20 years, and that's not even counting the other projects that all these people have been in. A.C. Newman, who's kind of the the band leader, he was making great music in Zampano for years even before this band. That dude just has hooks leaking out of his pores (laughs) at all times. And I can't think of very many bands in the last 20 years that have made more albums I've loved than this one. Every new New Pornographer's record just takes up residence in my year-end top 10 list almost as a matter of course. And this is another terrific one. This is the eighth New Pornographer's album. And you can just hear how that song just jolts out of the gate in these hook after hook after hook and these charming voice after charming voice after charming voice. Uh, A.C. Newman is himself a charming singer. Nico Case figures prominently on this record. Catherine Calder figures prominently on this record. Everything else, just that chewy wordplay. Chewy. <laughs> you know, he's uh, kind of oblique references to the state of the world, mixed with a lot of, AC Newman has said in interviews, it's mixed with a lot of like references to cars and yeah. driving, using driving a car as a metaphor for the state of the world. It is a car record about the state of the world. Yeah, you mentioned the whole car theme, the, the title in the Morse code of brake lights. I love how you start thinking about that and it implies like an SOS call for 
help, mm -hmm. but uh, but also like gridlock, a reference to a nation where everyone is just dug in and yeah. no, nothing is getting done. As you said, they're kind of obliquely political. That's something that A.C. Newman says that he struggles with, you know, like he wonders if it's okay to just sort of stay out of the fray, stay out of the whole conversation, not get involved, not really have an opinion on current events. And just write songs that make you happy. You know, right. he struggles with the guilt of just wanting to be happy and just having songs. Like, there's not a mopey new pornographer's song <laughs> out there. Some can be bittersweet. I mean, he he definitely has some more some more bittersweet moments. But ultimately, joy can be a political act. And this record, as much as it's referencing the state of the world, is an act of joy. And, and that's always something to celebrate. The new pornographers uh, and their new album is In the Morse Code of Brake Lights. Let's go next to Tegan and Sarah. The duo Tegan and Sarah have a new record out called Hey, I'm Just Like You. This is Tegan and Sarah. The album is Hey, I'm Just Like You. And the song we're listening to is I Know I'm Not the Only One, a, a duo we've been covering since their early days. This is their ninth album, and it has a really interesting origin story to it. Yeah, I think this record works best if you have the backstory behind it. Right. I, I, th I think it's I think it's actually crucial. Uh, Tegan and Sarah uh, just wrote their memoir uh, called High School about their coming of age and while they were researching it, they were going back through their stuff and found a bunch of cassettes of the songs that they wrote when they were just starting out, when they were like 15, 16, 17 years old. They are full of teenage feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and so they listened listen to these songs and they decided to record them as an album now that they are that they are grown yeah, re-record all the songs re-record all the songs and they're songs about where they were at the time it's you know they're songs about taking drugs songs about coming out songs about having your hearts broken you know and, fighting with your parents fighting with your yeah. parents fighting with each other and so you know that conflict kind of runs throughout these songs but they now have the adult perspective in revisiting them but they still to me sound like Tegan and Sarah songs yeah they have some of the I guess you'd say youthful melodrama that sure. you know that you'd expect from someone you know the poetry of a teenager, <laughs> but you know I, I think it's really sweet uh, that they went back and did this. I think it's a great idea for a project, and uh, most people who revisit something that they created in their teen years would probably cringe oh, yeah. at whatever oh, they, I, whatever <laughs> they, I cringe at every show I listen to that we do, but. Um, <laughs> 
you know, I, I think that they they found a lot to feel good about in these songs. And I just think this is a really wonderful project. Yeah, it's a fascinating artifact. And I think it works as a new album. It's Tegan and Sarah. Their new album is called Hey, I'm Just Like You. Let's go next to the music of John Coltrane. John Coltrane and the album Blue World. This is the uh, jazz saxophonist John Coltrane. His album is called Blue World, and this is the title cut. And joining us to talk about this one from uh, WBGO and Jazz Night in America is Nate Chinen. Hey, Nate. Hey, Robin. This sounds really good. They really sweeten this. Yeah, well, you know, it's the John Coltrane Quartet in 1964. It sort of doesn't get any better than that. This is obviously another uh, posthumous release from Coltrane, and it's being called a, a lost album. We just had another big lost album just last year called Both Directions at Once. I guess what I'm thinking is before we get into the music, I have to ask, how does an album like this or, or the other lost albums manage to go overlooked for so long, or is, or is it really a, a lost album? It's funny. It, it's not really an album. Um, although I think we can understand it as such. It was the soundtrack to a film made in Montreal by a filmmaker named Gilles Gruul. It's a cornerstone of the Quebecois film movement. And he asked Coltrane to do the soundtrack to this movie. It was his first feature film. And he was a, a big Coltrane nut. And for whatever reason, Coltrane agreed to do it. But because the music fell outside the, the scope of his recording contract with Impulse, he didn't log the session. So this explains why, you know, in all of the discographies and histories, there's no mention of this session because the jazz historians just had no reference for it. The thing is, this, this movie, it actually won an award at uh, the Montreal Film Festival in 1964. People in Canada know this this movie quite well and the music is prominently featured in it but i think somehow people just didn't connect the dots they, they figured that because the songs in the film were previously known coltrane songs like naima and village blues there was an assumption that oh it that must be previously recorded music and the the master tapes were stored in the national film board vault in canada so it's just one of those curious things where it was kind of hiding in plain sight for the last 55 years. 
So what are we getting on this that we haven't already heard on the on the many other recordings of John Coltrane and his quartet, or even the versions that were already out there? It's not so much that there's new material here, which was the case with last year's uh, surprise Coltrane release. It's more that this band is really firing on all cylinders at this yeah. point. Just three weeks earlier, they had recorded the title track of the album Crescent, which is easily one of the one of their best statements and you know probably one of the best jazz albums ever made and later this year they would make a love supreme which you know <laughs> hardly needs an introduction pretty, pretty good record so you know it's interesting to think about this is not i would say this is not a major statement but it is a snapshot of a major period and so as long as you understand it in those terms you know it's a pretty marvelous thing Th there's another thing here that i, I want to mention you know, this band was working a lot and really in fine form at the time of this recording. But as we see with A Love Supreme, Coltrane was beginning to think in terms of concepts. And, you know, A Love Supreme is sort of the ultimate concept album. And he often came to the studio, you know, when it was time to make a proper album, there, there were some sort of extra musical concerns beginning to enter the picture. And in this recording, you hear just utter relaxation on the part of this band you know there's this real sense of like there's no pressure here they're going to pull highlights from this for a soundtrack like don't worry about it this isn't even really on the record you know right and so so there's this wonderful feeling of just like we're just gonna do our thing and even though it's a studio recording and and sounds you know fantastic it has the feeling of these guys are just getting together for themselves you know, and, and there's a real fly on the wall quality to listening to this stuff. Yeah, I mean, they include the banter from the engineer who's saying what take it is and everything, which I think makes it even a little bit more intimate, like you're mm -hmm. sitting in the studio with them. John Coltrane is the artist. The album is Blue World. Uh, and Nate, stay with us for one more album. This comes from the pianist and composer Guillermo Klein. It's called Cristal. This is Guillermo Klein and uh, Los Gachos. His new album is with his band is called Cristal, and the song we're listening to is Nos Mirarán Pasar. This record goes in so many directions, but this song in particular reminded me of Sufjan Stevens. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, Guillermo Klein's been at this a lot longer than Sufjan Stevens, but I'm thinking of the way Stevens loves to play around with like syncopation and repetition and those kind of melodic patterns. Yeah, I think that's a good reference point. And, you know, there's another that I would throw in there. Are you guys fans of the Dirty Projectors? Oh, sure. yeah, yeah. So, you know, that technique that David Longstreth uses a lot, where there are voices that are kind of pinging off of each other and creating this uh, feeling of momentum through syncopation, the music theory or, or music um, composition term for that is hocketing. And it's something that Guillermo Klein has turned into a trademark. So Guillermo Klein, he's from Argentina. He's a pianist and he's a composer. Tell us what he's uh, doing with this one and why it's a standout for you this week. 
Well, he has been refining a language for quite some time, and it's the creativity that he brings to the table as a composer and orchestrator. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of the musicians in this group, and they all just revere him. There's this feeling like, what he does is so remarkable that, you know, I have to be a part of it. And on this album, in particular, he's drawing from really some of the touchstone tango repertoire of Argentina. So he's, he's looking back to really formative stuff. You know, that the piece we just heard is actually based on a well-known melody by Carlos Gardel and Alfredo Lepera. And these are two of the, the landmark figures of tango. And so he's taking these kind of popular and folkloric um, melodies and song forms, and then he breaks them up, he refracts them, he rearranges them. You know, it's this really kaleidoscopic treatment. He ends up having this really great push and pull throughout the record. You know, to give you an idea of some of the shifts, the, the song we played, Nos Meraran Pasar, uh, this is the, the song that comes right after it. It's called A Oriras del Rin. You know, for all of the cerebral complexity of his writing, um, there's always a really deeply emotional center to Guillermo Klein's music. This is this is on my top ten for the year for sure. Guillermo Klein uh, is the artist. His new album is called Cristal. And uh, thanks, Nate. Thank you. We still have a few more albums that we want to play for this week's New Music Friday, plus our lightning round of other notable releases. But first, we need to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey. Jack Daniels is the oldest, mellowest, whiskiest whiskey, and every drop is made in Lynchburg, Tennessee. It's how Jack Daniel himself made it over a century ago, and it's how they still do it today. Jack Daniels, turning nights into stories since 1866. Please drink responsibly. It's New Music Friday from All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Stephen Thompson, and we're looking at the best albums out on September 27th. We start the second half of our show off with Sturgill Simpson and his latest album, Sound and Fury. Sergio Simpson is one cool dude. <laughs> this, this album is called Sound and Fury. The song is Remember to Breathe. I'd introduce him as a country singer who did win a Grammy for Best Country Album just a couple like of years a couple ago, years but it, ago, just, yeah. it just doesn't hardly seem right now. He is such a fascinating character, isn't he? Uh, I mean, so yeah, as you said, uh, Sailor's Guide to Earth won the Grammy for Best Country Album just a couple of years ago. 
And he came out of the experience kind of wrung out and exhausted and really not into what was expected of him by the music industry. Right. You know, he was supposed to be a flag waver for this outlaw country movement, but is not the sort of dude who's comfortable being commodified in any particular way. And he recorded this album, Sound and Fury, back in 20, finished it back in 2017, like shortly after that award-winning album. And when I think of country music and in 2019, I always imagine that it is accompanied by anime uh, (laughs) videos. Of course. As this entire album is, the same day this uh, album drops today, on Netflix, you can watch Sound and Fury, the film in which $1.2 million worth of animation by top-notch anime directors accompanies these songs. And the films and the songs and Sturgill Simpson's place in his career all converge on a singular idea of just not playing it safe, of just not doing what he's told to do, not doing what he's expected to do. There is a big, uh, I will use the acronym DGAF, quality to everything about this guy, but it's not empty defiance. I think he is genuinely his own person, musically and philosophically, and this album kind of reflects that. It is a it is a hard left turn, no idea what's coming next, but the songs themselves are a joy. This album actually reminded me a lot of like late 70s, early 80s Pink Floyd, particularly mm-hmm. particularly in the way it tells a story, um, but also like in the heavy guitars, the guitar solos, and the use of ambient sounds. I want to, here's how the whole record starts with a, a song called Ronin. And that static you hear in the radio is repeated throughout. It's basically every in between every song, there's a little burst of static of, as though he's changing channels, right? Yeah. Um, but then you get a scorcher like this one. It's the song he closes with called The Fastest Horse in Town. Sturgill Simpson, one of my heroes, his new record (laughs) is called Sound and Fury. Let's go next to, um, wow, a band that couldn't sound uh, more different uh, than Sturgill Simpson. This is Girl Band, and their new album is called Talkies. Actually, Sturgill, Sturgill Simpson could do this, too. I was going to say, yeah, this is that, that, that far, far from him. Yeah. <laughs> this is Girl Band. Their new album is called Talkies. This song is called Couch, Comb Over. 
Uh, they're banned from Ireland. I discovered them back in 2015 when they put out the record Holding Hands with Jamie and then saw them at South by Southwest that year. And I, I remember saying on our podcast that that show felt like the end of the world, like it was the soundtrack <laughs> to the end of the world. And, you know, after that record, they largely disappeared. And now they're back uh, a few years later with a follow up. Boy, you talk about Sturgill Simpson scuffing up his sound. Yeah. I mean, this is a very scuffed up sound. These guys make music that is woozy and intense and chopped into pieces and rearranged. There are songs where it's like they recorded the music backwards and then flipped it to play for I could <laughs> somehow not, turned it inside could out not even understand what they were saying about how they're making this music the the opening track on this record is called prolix and it, it samples uh, the singer uh, dark Healy doing breathing techniques uh, in mid panic attack right uh, it's so unsettling like and I can take a few seconds of it but it goes on yeah, and on and you just think like boy if that isn't what this record is about <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is this is is this thing knocks you off kilter and keeps you there all the way through. It, I think their music has always been mostly about feelings and sensation more than like mm-hmm. ideas. You know, it's less narrative. It's both like an embrace of the senses and an assault on the senses. And so much incredible wordplay, like on the song "Going Norway," which is itself great wordplay. Mm-hmm. Going nowhere or going Norway, he says. Apple, Penny, Table Said, Dr. Awkward, Savage Head, Needs a Minute, Got a Minute, Ben Awal or Siv, Going Norway on Medicine. I mean, it makes no sense, but he's picking those words and for their rhythm and the way mm-hmm. they fit together and sound together and the feeling that they create. There's another song called Ibophobia, which is a palindrome right. made out of the word phobia. And then <laughs> the song itself is built entirely of palindromes, like acrobats stab orcas, do geese see God? Uh, and then these songs, you know, like you hear them, they kind of stumble and stagger and they get woozy and fall apart and they're so chaotic. I want to scroll to the last minute or so of the song we are playing, Couch Comb Over. He just sounds like he's losing his mind, but yet... I'm still with it. <laughs> I'm still totally locked in. I just love the mix of like the chaos mm-hmm. and the terror with what <laughs> what I think is humor and just, yeah. you know, this sort of staggering, stumbling awkwardness to the, to it all. Um, it is not for everyone. Absolutely <laughs> not for everyone. But uh, I would say easily no one else sounds like these guys. Yeah. Girl band. Their new record is called Talkies. So happy to have them back. We've got one more album that we want to play for this week's New Music Friday, but as always, uh, Stephen, it's a busy release week, and there are a bunch of other notable albums that we want to mention. Man, where do we begin? There is a lot this week, uh, starting with Young M.A., yeah. uh, really interesting young rapper. Uh, her new album is called Her Story in the Making. Molly Brazy, uh, her album Built to Last, uh, filthy. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, I, I, I listened to it and I thought this would make M- Megan Thee Stallion blush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that album is called Built to Last. Kevin Gates uh, has a new album called I'm Him. And then several albums in the kind of Americana country lane. John Party, we've had his album streaming at NPR Music, is called Heartache Medication. And a couple of like up and coming young women in Americana music, both making really sweet and warm and smart music. One is Michaela Ann. Her new album is called Desert Dove. The other is Kaylee Shore, K-A-L-I-E Shore, S-H-O-R-R. I really highly recommend starting with a song called Escape. Uh, It's really beautiful. 
The band Opeth has a new album out. It's called Incada Venenum. Uh, this is a band from Sweden, and they're releasing two full versions of this record, one entirely in Swedish and one in English, Opeth Incada Venenum. Uh, there's also a new album from the Ronin Orchestra called Sonke. There's a really beautiful new record called Songs of Our Mothers from Cafea and uh, Alaha Sorur, Songs of Our Mothers. Alessandro Cortini has a new electronic album out called Volume Massimo. And the 50th anniversary edition of Abbey Road is out on uh, September 27th as well. We're going to have a whole show de- oh devoted God. entirely to that coming Bob next week. Bob Boylan walked that package by my desk. <laughs> and it is like, that thing has been reissued so many times, but now it is Not like, like this, this book. It has oh, no. so much stuff. Completely remixed. It's going to be amazing. Abbey Road. All those albums out now on September 27th, along with this last one that we want to feature. It comes from Lori Anderson. It's called Songs from the Bardo. Awakened one, since your mind is separated from your body, you cannot settle down. You feel angry and cold. And consciousness becomes airy, speeding, swaying and impermanent. You will think. So, I am dead. What shall I do now? And you will feel intense and boundless pain. Do not occupy yourself with all kinds of thoughts, but rest your mind in its basic state. This is Laurie Anderson. The album is Songs from the Bardo, uh, and this cut is called Lotus Born, No Need to Fear, and NPR Music's Awakened One, Tom Heisinger, (laughs) uh, is here to talk about this one. Laurie Anderson, obviously a major, very influential figure in um, performance art and music. It's hard to sum up her entire body of work in a few sentences, but she's been at this for close to five decades now. Uh, She's 72, and this is a really fascinating project for her. It is. She teamed up with some very cool musicians. Um, The record called Songs from the Bardo is based on the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And these teachings are telling us that death is really not an end. It's a continuation of the journey. And the word bardo is an important one because that really refers to this kind of transitional state between death and rebirth. So when you read these texts, which Laurie Anderson does throughout the record, they're describing this process of dying as a natural transition by getting you to go deep inside yourself and look at your physical state, your mental state. So traditionally you would get a spiritual leader to read texts from the Bardo Toto for 49 days before the spirit is actually released. But what we have here is like this 80 minute record that is uh, of music and recitation, kind of a loose guide through aspects of the Bardo Toto. And Anderson herself, who's had its long association with Buddhism, she says, my hope with a record like this is to enable the listener to reach a looser mental state through their ears. The music is meant to help you float out of your body, to go into these other realms, and to let yourself do that without boundaries. And kind of the mastermind behind the whole thing is this wonderful Tibetan 
a vocalist and instrumentalist whose name is Tenzin Chogol. And I'd like to listen to some of his singing now, which is just amazing. Um, he's basically just chanting here, but his voice just kind of soars like some proud eagle. I mean, he, he his breath control is really amazing, just soaring through the sky. So this, this track is called Heart Sutra Song and a subtitle, Gone Beyond. I think it's also a record appropriate for this age, you know, where we're constantly looking at our cell phones and we, you know, we're constantly, our attention's being diverted. This is something that you just sit down and really kind of try to wash out everything from your mind and focus on what Laurie is saying and the beautiful music from the musicians around her. Laurie Anderson, Songs from the Bardo. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, guys. That'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you, Robin. If you'd like to go back and hear full versions of all the songs we featured on this week's New Music Friday, you can see and hear the full list on our website. Go to npr.org slash allsongs. You can also listen in Apple Music or Spotify. Just open those apps and search for NPR's New Music Friday playlist. Keep up with all the latest from NPR Music with our weekly newsletter. You can sign up for it at npr.org slash music newsletter. All one word, music newsletter. And for NPR Music, I'm Robin Hilton. Be well. Have a great weekend and treat yourself to lots of music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the NPR Wine Club, where every bottle tells a story and NPR shows become wines like Weekend Edition Cabernet Sauvignon. Available to adults 21 years or older. Learn more at nprwineclub.org.